Well, good morning. It's uh, Monday, October 17, 2022. Monday, October 17, 2022. Slava Ukraine, Heroium Slava. Did you have a good weekend? Did you? Uh, we had a flaming, uh, a Friday flaming bag of crap left on your doorstep. Uh, it wasn't a politician, though. We'll get to that in a minute. PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. Uh, tell your friends to Google Political Views TV Podcast, and I'll show it right at the top of the search. I truly appreciate you. I really do. It's really nice of you to come. I, I, I'm sure you brought people with you this weekend. That was very nice of you. Uh, if you if you can, please bring someone uh, along with you today and tomorrow. That would be awesome. Uh, tweet to me questions or insights or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S. Maybe you want to send me a story. Maybe you want to say hi, whatever. Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S on Twitter. Um, Got a lot of stuff, man. A lot of stuff. More than usual. Seriously. You're in in for the long haul today. Let me me, uh, burp and get some coffee here. Warm up the throat here. The the pipes, as they say. Andrei Yermak, head of the Ukrainian president, uh, president's staff, wrote on Telegram, <clears throat> 108 Ukrainian women have been freed in, pris- in a prisoner swap with Russia and the first all-female exchange. He said that, I don't think it was all women. I think it was mostly. He said that uh, 12 civilians were among the freed women, adding that some had been imprisoned since before the full-scale Russian invasion in February of 2022. Denis uh, Pushilin, head of the self-proclaimed Donetsk People's Republic, said 110 Ukrainians, mostly women, would be freed in turn for the release of 80 Russians, he said, were civilian sailors or th- and 30 military personnel. Now, I would fully expect that in some time in the near future, we are going to have um, testimony from these women that they were raped I'm sure that will happen. We will hear about it. Uh, calling for Russia to be removed from the G20, Ukrainian presidential advisor Mikhailo Podilak said on Twitter, those who give orders to attack critical infrastructure to free civilians and organize total mobilization to cover the front line with corpses cannot sit at the same table with leaders of G20 for sure. Time to put an end to the Russian hypocrisy. The Russian Federation must be expelled from all platforms. Now, talking about causing them to freeze to death, that's going to start happening now as Russia continues to knock out infrastructure. And this is what happened. This is when they killed 7 million Ukrainians back in the 30s when Russia did it in the early 30s and we've talked about that numerous times uh, Ukrainian uh, Prime Minister Denis Shmigel said uh, Russian attacks hit critical infrastructure in three regions knocking out electricity supply to hundreds of towns and villages across the country Shmigel said on Telegram this morning Russian terrorists once again attacked the energy infrastructure of Ukraine in three regions. He added that hundreds of settlements were cut off and we asked Ukrainians in order to stabilize the energy system to take a united approach to economical consumption of electricity. Austria's foreign minister, Alexander Schallenberg, said 
These kamikaze drones that we are seeing in Ukraine, apparently now, this is an escalation. Luxembourg's foreign minister, Jean Asselborn, said that more than uh, more EU sanctions on Iran will not be limited to blacklisting some individuals if Tehran's involvement in the war in Ukraine is proven. He told reporters as he arrived for a meeting with his EU counterparts, then it will be no longer about some individuals to be sanctioned. Iran's foreign ministry spokesman Nasser Kanani said, the published news about Iran providing Russian Russia with drones has political ambitions um, and it's circulated by Western sources. We have not provided weaponry to any side of the countries at war. The European Union is seeking concrete evidence of uh, any Iranian involvement in Russia's war in Ukraine. Uh, Joseph uh, Borrell, the bloc's um, top diplomat, has told reporters as he arrived for a meeting of EU foreign minister in Luxembourg, Ukrainian Foreign Minister Dmitry Kuliba has called for more EU sanctions on Iran after Kyiv was hit by swarms of kamikaze drones that killed at least four people. Uh, Kuliba addressed the EU's Foreign Affairs Council on Twitter. I'm probably the first foreign minister to address EU FAC from a bomb shelter because of the air raid siren. Requested more air defense and supply of ammo. Uh, calling on uh, EU to uh, impose sanctions on Iran for providing Russia with drones. Uh, uh, ninth EU sanctions package on Russia must be strong, as he said all that. About 9,000 Russian troops and 170 tanks are to be sent to Belarus as part of a new joint Belarusian-Russian military force, according to defense mysteries officials in Minsk. Uh, Belarusian uh, President Alexander Lukashenko announced the formation of the new force last week. He said it was being created in response to Ukraine plotting an attack on its former Soviet neighbor. But Lukashenko didn't provide any evidence. And we've talked about this. We know Ukraine will not attack because they... And even if there is an attack and they claim it's Ukraine, you know it was a false flag. Because Ukraine is not insane. They would not do that. Uh, uh, Zelensky would not do that. It's, it's, it's suicide to do that because then he would lose support from countries. Uh, Russia has told a top United Nations official that the extension of a deal that allows grain exports to leave Ukrainian ports is dependent on the West easing agriculture, uh, agricultural and fertilizer sanctions in a meeting in Moscow. Uh, Russia's defense uh, 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 minister, Alexander Fomin, in a meeting in Moscow, right? Let me do that again. In a meeting in Moscow, Russia's de- uh, uh, deputy defense min- uh, minister, Alexander Fomin, told UN Undersecretary General Martin Griffiths that extending the deal directly depends on ensuring full implementation of all previously reached agreements. Russia says the impact of Western sanctions on logistics, payments, shipping, and insurance prevents it from exporting fertilizers and that easing those restrictions was a key part of the deal brokered in July by Turkey and the UN. I will say to that, the EU is not blocking fertilizer in any way at all. It's not blocking it in any way at all. 
They need fertilizer. The entire world needs fertilizer. Otherwise, we're going to have to go to, um, what is it called again? The, uh, that island in the uh, Atlantic Ocean? <laughs> I'm forgetting. Uh, there's, there's a whole story in there. I'm, I'm not going to get into it right now. Um, about uh, <clears throat> in the 1800s, because we needed fertilizer, the United States, uh, this is the side note, the United States uh, grabbed a bunch of islands in, in the Atlantic and the Pacific because they never get rained on, and but birds are around them all the time, and birds crap all the time. There were several feet of crap that they were blowing up in those islands and breaking apart to bring as fertilizer to the United States. I'm not kidding. Bird crap, which is really, really good fertilizer, by the way. Bird crap, the best fertilizer ever. Uh, moving on. <clears throat> Uh, Russia's former uh, uh, president, Dmitry uh, Medvedev, psycho, crazy, Dmitry Medvedev, has warned Israel against supplying weapons to Ukraine, saying any move to increase key forces would severely damage bilateral ties. Medvedev said on Telegram, Israel appears to be getting ready to supply weapons to the Kiev regime. A very reckless move. It would destroy all bilateral relations between our countries. So far, Israel has sent humanitarian aid, including helmets, to Ukraine, but has not sent any weapons. But I guess they could do the same thing that Iran is doing. And then say, oh, we're not doing anything. A British intelligence update says the logistic issues faced by Russian forces in southern Ukraine have become more acute following the blast on the Kerch Bridge in Crimea. Uh, can I say something about the, the blast of the Kerch Bridge in Crimea? Crimea River! <laughs> anyway, the UK Ministry of Defense tweeted, with the uh, Russian presence in Kherson strained and the supply routes through uh, Crimea degraded, uh, the ground line of communication through Zaporizhia Oblast is becoming more important to the sustainability of the Russian occupation. And let me tell you, that blast, it has it, there will be more. I'm sure of it. A former Russian state television journalist, Marina Ovsanikova, Oh, oh, wait a minute. I, I should say, if they take out one other section of the bridge, then that would cause problems getting to the other section of the bridge. And they should probably do that. Uh, former Russian uh, state uh, television journalist Marina Ovesanakova, who protested against uh, President Vladimir Putin's Ukraine offensive during a live broadcast, has fled the country, according to her lawyer. Remember, she was under house arrest uh, uh, pending her uh, upcoming trial where they would have put her in prison forever. Uh, remember, we said we hoped she could get out and that she is somewhere right now. Uh, and of course, she will be hired by some news organization to speak out against Putin. Anyway, her lawyer said, Osianikova and her daughter left Russia a few hours after departing from the address where she was under house arrest. They are in Europe now. They are fine. They are waiting until they can talk publicly. But for now, it is not safe. 
So I guess they have to get to a location before they can talk about it. At least four people, including a pregnant woman and her husband, were killed in drone attacks on Kiev today. According to Kiev Mayor Vitaly Kitschenko, several explosions have hit a central district of Ukraine's capital. Kitschenko said on Telegram that the blast hit the Shevchenkivsky district and damaged a number of residential buildings. He wrote rescuers are on the site. The Kiev mayor says two people killed in the one drone attack in Ukraine's capital were a young married couple. He said during search and rescue operations in a residential building in the center where Russian drones hit, the bodies of three dead civilians were pulled out. Uh, among them, a young couple, a husband, and a wife who were expecting a child. The woman was six months pregnant. Russian Russia is a terrorist country. Uh, Zelensky said, All night and all morning, the enemy terrorizes the civilian population. Kamikaze drones and missiles are attacking all of Ukraine. The enemy can attack our cities, but it won't be able to break us. Ukraine's military said it had destroyed 37 Russian drones since Sunday evening, or around 85% of those involved in the attacks. Five got through. And those are the ones that caused that destruction. Uh, Zelensky said on Telegram, it seems that the current enemy unites in its evil. Uh, and by the way, I should say, once those air defense systems are in, I'm hoping it will be better. And I guess Russia, maybe Russia, is sending all these missiles now because they won't be able to later because of the new air defense systems that are coming in. Uh, Zelensky says on Telegram, it seems that the current enemy unites in its evil all previous enemies of our statehood. It acts insidiously, kills civilians, hits housing, infrastructure. Today, as a result of the occupier's attack on a residential building in Kiev, four people have already died. Among them is a young family who was expecting a child. Search and rescue operations are still ongoing. Terror must lose and will lose, and Ukraine will prevail, prevail and will bring to justice every Russian terrorist, from commanders to privates who carried out criminal orders. Russian rockets hit the eastern region of Sumy, uh, killing at least four people. We've talked about Sumy before. It is right next to the uh, right next to the uh, border with Russia. I mean, it's like a couple miles from the border. Uh, the regional governor Dmitro uh, Zivitsky said on Telegram at 5:20. At uh, 0220 GMT in the morning, at 520 in the morning, three Russian rockets hit a civilian infrastructure facility. At least three people died, nine are injured. There are still people under the rubble. Uh, since then, the death toll has risen to eight since his announcement. Ukrainian, uh, and it might be more now. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky said yesterday in his nightly address that Russian and Ukrainian forces are engaged in heavy fighting around two towns in Ukraine's eastern Donbass region and in the Kyrgyzstan province in the south. He said the key spots, hotspots in Donbass are Solodar and Bakhmut. Uh, very heavy fighting is going on there. Russia's defense ministry said yesterday its forces had repelled efforts by Ukrainian troops to advance into Donetsk, Kherson, and Mykolaiv regions. And, of course, we cannot confirm that. That's what they said. 
<clears throat> the mayor in Ukrainian port city of Mykolaiv, Alexander Senkovich, said in Mykolaiv, three drones hit an object of industrial infrastructure where tanks with sunflower oil, uh, not tanks as in firing tanks, tanks as in oil tanks, um, with uh, sunflower oil were ignited. And what a shock! State nuclear energy firm Energotum has said Ukraine's Zaporizhia nuclear power plant has been disconnected from the power grid that's three times in the last 10 days after Russian shelling prompting backup generators to kick in. Energotum said Russian terrorists once again shelled critical infrastructure substations in Ukraine's controlled territory, resulting in the shutdown of at least 750 kilovolts, uh, according to ZNPP. Uh, Dniprovska communications line at 359. Now that I have your attention, let's try to fix the world, the rest of the world. Uh, Let's start with China this time. Back in 2018, and we've talked about this before because he changed the laws. Uh, Back in 2018, President Xi Jinping made it possible to become emperor. Uh, The previous presidents were limited to five-year terms. Uh, she changed the law to allow unlimited terms. The national, it's not really emperor, I guess, really. Uh, the National People's Congress removed the two-term limit. He will now appoint himself president for another five years. Or you can call him an emperor or dictator, whatever you want, whatever you choose. He became president in 2012. In 2015, she... Uh, 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 President Xi overhauled the structure of the military. He abolished the four military headquarters, staff, poli- uh, politics, logistics, and armaments, and replaced them with 15 smaller agencies that reduced the power of any one agency or leader. Uh, the new structure allows the Central Military Command under Xi to issue orders directly to the various branches of the military, extending as far as even financial auditors who now have to report directly to the Central Military Command, the CMC, of which, guess who? She is also the chairman. Over the decade, she investigated and removed or jailed possible opposition. Observers say she's uh, signature anti-corruption campaign is also used to remove his political rivals and other factions within the party. In the past decade, more than 4.7 million people have been investigated by anti-corruption authorities in, the, in place of those removed, he put, loyalists. Now remember, all this that she did to become emperor, if you want to call him emperor, is exactly what Trump and the Republican Party want to do with the government. Remember that when you're voting, when you, some of you can vote right now. Uh, anyway, she then, he put into uh, the Constitution a socialist model named after him to solidify his leadership. In, in, in other words, inside, in, inside the Constitution, he, there is something called the she model of socialism. Named after him. To ensure he stays in power, it's a psyop sort of thing. Uh, Congress only meets once in five years. Uh, some 2,300 delegates from across China are gathering at Beijing's Great Hall of the People on Sunday for a week-long Congress to appoint the CCP's top leadership. 
amend its constitution and approve the country's policy directions for the next five years. And by the way, we talked about that also, Republicans want to amend the constitution. They want to rewrite the entire constitution and they are working towards that. Remember that in your state races, when you're electing governors, this year's Congress, the 20th, since the party's founding in 1921, is of particular significance as President Xi is expected to clinch an unprecedented third term as the party's leader and further cement his power, including with appointments to the organization's top decision-making bodies, the Politburo and the elite Politburo Standing Committee, which is only like seven people, I believe. Uh, and, and by the way, there's sort of like an age... A limit uh, uh, to make sure uh, uh, people older than him are, are not in power, which is kind of well. It's not because of that, but it, that that is what ends up happening. But the age limit is not on him. <laughs> on Friday, as you ex- you and I expected, Trump had a 14-page word salad response to the January 6th committee investigating the insurrections. Uh, about their subpoena for Trump. Remember, they they issued that subpoena for Trump on on Friday. But was it, or was it on Thursday? Thursday. But was it really about the subpoena? Was it really anything to do with the investigation? Uh, Some of it, no. But some of it will be used in his indictment. I mean, he admitted to things. Uh, Anyway. Uh, He started off with a big lie and continued from there. He wrote in all caps... The presidential election of 2020 was rigged and stolen. And then he he continued, uh, the same group of radical left Democrats who utilized their majority position in Congress to create the fiction of Russia, 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 impeachment hoax number one, impeachment hoax number two, the $48 million uh, Mueller report, which ended in no collusion. Well, we all know that that's not entirely true. If anything, it warrants more investigation. (laughs) <laughs> because Mueller said, oh, yeah, there was some problems. Uh, he continued, Ukraine, 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 the atrocious and illegal spying on my campaign and so much more are the people who created this committee of highly partisan political hacks and thugs whose sole function is to destroy the lives of many hardworking American patriots whose records in life have been unblemished until this point of attempted ru- uh, ruination. The double standard of the unselects, remember they use that word, the unselects, between what has uh, taken place on the right and what has taken place with radical left, lawless groups such as Antifa, Black Lives Matter, and others is starting and will never be acceptable even to those who will be writing the history of what you have done to America. I, what, are, what is Antifa? Black Lives Matter. And radical left have to do with the insurrection. Only the radical right. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, this memo is being written to express our anger, disappointment, and complaint that with all of the hundreds of millions of dollars spent on what many consider to be a charade and witch witch hunt. And uh, why does he keep saying witch hunt? He sounds so stupid. Uh, Anyway, and witch hunt. And despite strong and powerful requests, you have not spent even a short moment on examining the massive election fraud that took place during the 2020 presidential election and have targeted only those who were as concerned American citizens, 
protesting the fraud itself, which, you know, is not at all true. Not really, because they talked about it, but they talked about how the courts 61 times shot them down as false and complete lies. They talked about that many times on the committee. The investigation, so the investigations happened on the state level and in the courts with all of those purported frauds and with over 60 court cases, over 60 were lost. Only one case of about three votes. One, I believe it was three votes. The letter itself was four pages followed by 10 pages of bullet points and pictures, just like a fourth grade report. He attacked the legitimacy of the 2020 presidential election results in Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. He peppered the word fraud throughout and and relived the big lie. So the bulk of it had nothing to do with the insurrection, only with the lies he and his people perpetuated to convince the psycho right public to insurrect. The reverse peristalsis of the same think that has been proven false time and time again was rampant in this letter. But it does lay out his crimes quite nicely. Uh, Today, the Department of Justice recommended that former Trump advisor Steve Bannon receive a six-month jail sentence and $200,000 fine for defying a subpoena from the January 6th Select Committee. In the filing, the Department of Justice said the defendant flouted the committee's authority and ignored the subpoena's demands for his uh, sustained bad-faith contempt of Congress. The defendant should be sentenced to six months imprisonment the top end of the sentencing guidelines range and fine $200,000 based on his insistence uh, on paying the maximum fine rather than cooperate with the probation officer's routine pre-sentencing final investigation. Bannon in July was found guilty of two counts of contempt of Congress for failing to comply with the subpoena issued by the January 6th committee. A day after his conviction, Bannon said that he he was willing to go to jail over his support for Trump. Bannon told Fox News, I support Trump and the Constitution, and if they want to put me in jail for that, so be it. Bannon's sentencing is scheduled for October 21st next week, Um, or is it the end of this week? It's at the end of this week, isn't it? Yeah, I I do believe so. Isn't it? Isn't it? What is today? What is today? What is today? Yes, it's, it's the end of this week. I guess that's Friday, right? Is that Friday? Yeah, October 21st. Um, Of course, once Republicans are in office, they will. Once a presidential Republican is in office, he or she will give him a pass. As you know, Truth Social, Trump's media platform, is not doing well. The co-founder, Will Wilkerson, has turned whistleblower, alleging the firm violated federal securities laws and that the former president pressured executives to hand over lucrative shares to his wife. I guess he's planning on hiding his wealth, or in this case, 
his loss of wealth. Uh, Will Wilkerson, a former Trump media and technology group executive, has told the SEC that the company bid to raise more than $1 billion via an, an investment vehicle known as the a special purpose acquisition company. It's called a SPAC. You've probably, probably heard of SPACs. I've, I've uh, talked about SPACs right here on this show. Uh, anyway, it relied on fraudulent misrepresentations in violation of federal securities laws. Oh, no! Not another case against Trump? Uh-oh. In that noose tighten, tightening around that bright orange neck, he has 90% of the company. Uh, Wilkerson, who was sacked for uh, from his role as senior vice president for operations last week after speaking to the Washington Post, filed a whistleblower complaint to the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission in August. He backed his complaint with a cache of emails, documents, messages, and audio recordings, which detail a pattern of rancorous infighting, technical incompetence, and power struggles inside Trump media since its launch last year. You know, maybe you shouldn't have fired him if he was going to do this. Among the emails is an exchange between Wilkerson and fellow co-founder Andy Latinsky, who was allegedly fired as payback for refusing to hand over some of his shares worth millions to former First Lady Melania Trump. And that's according to the Washington Post. Trump had already been given 90% of the company's shares in exchange for the use of his name and some minor involvement. And in, in the email, uh, remember, this is, this is remember, he, he, anything he does politically, he has to announce on true social before anything else. In the email provided to the SEC, Latinsky, who first met Trump in 2004 as a contestant on the TV show The Apprentice, said that Trump was retaliating against me by threatening to blow up the com- company if his demands are not met. The SEC was already investigating the merger, so this will stoke fires to cook Trump's goose. Uh, Wilker's uh, lawyers have said that he is cooperating with investigators at the SEC and New York-based federal prosecutors are also looking into alleged criminality at Trump Media in in relation to the merger, which would have led to $1.3 billion cash injection, which Trump would have had control of. Think about that. Investors were promised more than $50 million. Uh, 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 sorry. Investors were promised more than, uh, more than 50 million users by 2024. Right? That's uh, just barely, like, what, 14 months now? Uh, but so far, Trump, the main attraction on the platform, has less than 5 million followers. Just a fraction of the 88 million he had on Twitter. So guess what? In 14 months, the piper is going to come blowing his pipe. Uh, So, moving on. The Warnock debate happened in Georgia when Herschel Walker was defending his support of police. He pulled out a badge from his hometown sheriff's department given to him as an honorary badge. This was akin to a five-year-old playing cops and robbers, claiming he's a cop since he has the fake badge, you know? Uh, the moderator reminded him that props were not allowed. And he got called out for it. And, and, and the audience laughed. Oh, my God. 
During Friday's debate, Walker had accused Warnock of calling officers' names and caused morale to plummet, but Warnock cited the false claim from Walker that he had previously served in law enforcement. Warnock said, one thing that I haven't done is, I haven't pretended to be a police officer, and I've never, ever threatened a shootout with police, which was alluding to more than a a decade-old police report in which uh, uh, um, uh, Walker discussed exchanging gunfire with police. Wow. A Republican candidate, uh, Herschel Walker, defended pulling out a sheriff's badge during the debate in Georgia. He he told an NBC uh, in an interview, uh, Walker said, this is from my hometown. This is from Johnson County, from the sheriff from Johnson County, which is a legit badge. (laughs) Walker said, everyone can make fun, arguing that the badge means he has, you know, the right to work with with the police getting things done. Walker, however, later later admitted it was an honorary badge and uh, pushed back against uh, the idea. Uh, which NBC Walker read from a National Sheriff's Association statement that such badges should be left in trophy cases. You're not supposed to pull them out. That's, that's telling people you're a cop. You can't do that. Uh, then on Sunday, Walker didn't show up for the second event. Raphael Warnock ended up debating an empty podium. Well, not really. One, one libertarian showed up. Uh, he called out Walker for lying about his uh, well-documented history of violence and opposing student debt relief, prescription drug pr- price reforms, and other popular policy moves, which, of course, any libertarian would also hate. <laughs> Warnock said, I think Herschel Walker, um, if he were here should tell the people of Georgia why he thinks they should pay for expensive insulin and pharmaceutical companies should be able to charge us whatever they like, referring to Walker's opposition of the Inflation Reduction Act. Walker, who refused to attend Sunday's event, has campaigned against the Inflation Reduction Act and mocked its climate investments. During the evening, Warnock largely declined to spotlight the revelations about Walker's personal life, including accusations that he paid for a former girlfriend's abortion in 2009. After the revelations, and you know what, that's smart. He should stay away from that because he's a pastor and he's pro-choice. After the revelations, Warnock told reporters that he would let the pundits decide how they think it will impact the race. But during Sunday's event, Warnock offered sharp criticism. He said, if if Walker were here, I'd ask him about this disturbing history of violence. And we're not just talking about one woman, but multiple women. He threatened to kill his ex-wife, put a gun to her head. He's threatened other women. When asked about that, he really hasn't given account for this kind of violence. I want to know from him why he thinks he is ready to represent the people of Georgia, Georgia, and if he's ready to face up to this history of violence. This race is about who's ready to represent the people of Georgia in the U.S. Senate. And by not showing up tonight for the job interview, by giving nonsensical answers about his history of violence, Herschel Walker shows he is not ready. Great words there. And really cool about calling it a job interview, because that's sort of what it is. And when you think about it, if you didn't show up for a job interview, what would happen? You think you'd get hired? Well, 
Louis DeJoy would, but nobody else would. Uh, libertarian candidate Chase Oliver attended Sunday night. Uh, he was there. Uh, personally, I'll say the only reason Republicans support Herschel Walker is because he's the only well-known black they could find and because the little bitch boy will do anything they tell him. And by the way, he may have started in Georgia, but he's a Texas boy. He, was, he came from Texas to run. Just like, just like Dr. Oz came from New Jersey to run, right? Jersey, wasn't it? Was it Jersey? Yeah, it was Jersey. Do newspaper endorsements work? You know, I think they do. The Philadelphia Inquirer had extremely strong words on Sunday. The paper not only endorsed Democratic U.S. Senate candidate John Fetterman, but also argued that his Republican opponent, Dr. Mehmet Oz, is wholly unprepared for the role. The Inquirer's board wrote Sunday that the U.S. President Joe Biden's first two years have been fruitful for Pennsylvania, but there is still much work to be done in Washington on issues that Pennsylvanians carry out and progress on priorities such as protecting abortion rights and restoring the enhanced child tax credit could stall in a split Senate. That is just one reason why it is crucial for Pennsylvania voters to elect John Fetterman to the U.S. Senate in November. The board said, an experienced public service, uh, an experienced public, public servant, Fetterman has an abundance of the kind of values and priorities that are needed to move the nation forward. The paper also said, Oz has refused to commit to opposing a national abortion ban, opposes the expanded child tax credit, would repeal the Affordable Care Act, and would vote against red flag gun control laws. The paper paper noted, those positions are all reversals from views that Oz held as a Republican just a few years ago when he was on his show and he needed to be popular. If there are any values that Oz holds dear, it is difficult to ascertain what they are. In other words, you can't trust what he'll do. They didn't say that. I said that. They also said he has no public service experience and that he has cozied up to former President Donald Trump, who endorsed Oz in the primary, and that Oz has said that he would have voted to acquit Trump during the second impeachment after the insurrection of January 6th. A statement that is particularly disconcerting, given that the uh, former president is considering another White House run in 2024. And this was a huge decision in West Virginia for a party who claims to be pro-law enforcement. The Republican really screwed the pooch on this one, uh, the Republicans. A federal judge's ruling in West Virginia, and this has to do with the Supreme Court. This is what I'm talking about the Republicans when they put them in power. Federal judge's ruling in West Virginia illustrates the danger posed by SCOTUS's right-wing majority, which ruled this year in New York State uh, uh Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin, spelled B-R-U-E-N, that restrictions on firearms must fall within the so-called historical tradition of gun laws. A U.S. District Judge, Joseph, Joseph Goodwin, ruled against a federal law prohibiting people from possessing firearms with serial numbers that have been altered, obliterated, or removed. Now, I see this decision as burning everything down. 
because police do not want guns on the street without serial numbers. They don't want it. Uh, That means guns now are not required to have serial numbers. Goodwin said Wednesday that requiring serial numbers is not part of the historical tradition of firearms regulation and therefore runs afoul of the Second Amendment because serial numbers were not required until the 1968 Gun Control Act. Uh, He didn't say that. I said that. Uh, Goodwin's opinion demonstrates the far-right impact that the Bruin ruling could have on gun laws across the country. This all has to do with the far-right sociopath Justice Clarence Thomas's opinion about historical tradition. That's when he made the Bruin decision. But I will argue that guns before 1968 had serial numbers. They just weren't required. And it didn't happen until mass production back in the early 1900s. Goodwin wrote... Serial numbers were largely unknown to the framers, and so the Second Amendment confers a right to remove them from modern weapons. Goodwin is a Clinton appointee and has worded his opinion as if it was a lecture on the dangers of the Supreme Court's Bruin decision. And that's why I said he's, he's lit a match to burn down the house. Burn down that decision. So people... Uh, uh, So it's going against law enforcement, and that means people are going to rethink what it means. Moving on. Nearly two years into the Biden presidency, Republicans have still hampered the FCC. Uh, The FCC still has uh, a partisan two-to-two divide. The ongoing lack of uh, Democratic majority at the key regulatory agency has undermined White House-backed efforts to secure universal access to high-speed internet and restore Obama-era net neutrality rules gutted by the Trump administration. There are demands at the U.S. Senate leaders to quickly confirm Democratic nominee Guy Gisson as the fifth commissioner of the Federal communica- uh, Communications uh, Commission following a year of rel- relentless attacks on the open internet champion from telecom giants and right-wing media outlets. In an attack on internet, who man, it's taking a lot today. <laughs> uh, in an attack on internet equality, Trump tapped Ajit Paul Pai to uh, lead the FCC on the fourth day of his term, and by December 2017, the corporate-friendly commissioner was given giving internet service providers the power to block or slow down certain websites, opening the door for to charging extra fees for access to fast lanes, which would betray the principle of treating online traffic equally. And we've talked about this numerous times. Biden waited until October, until October, nine months into his term, to name the acting FCC chair, Jessica, Jessica Rosenworcel, as the agency's permanent leader and nominate uh, Son to fill the last seat on its five-person board. While Rosenworcel was confirmed in December, Son has faced a barrage of opposition since being nominated nearly a year ago. There are important upcoming votes that Republicans at the FCC will block. So Son's nomination has been strongly opposed by GOP lawmakers, with all 14 Republicans on the Senate Commerce Committee refusing to advance her nomination. In addition, Internet companies are using money to attack anyone who would support Son. Uh, Comcast hired a friend of Kirsten Cinema to lobby on FCC nominations. Comcast also retained Larry Puccio, the former top aide 
to Senator Joe Manchin, another critical Democrat to lobby on telecommunications issues. Uh, Joshua Steger, policy director at Free Press Action, which signed the letter demanding Sohn's confirmation, said in a statement, the companies lobbying against Yiji Sohn are simply trying to do one thing, keep the FCC deadlocked for as long as possible, saying that we need a fully functioning FCC. According to Open Secrets, AT&T, Comcast, Verizon, and T-Mobile have spent more than $23 million lobbying Washington so far this year just for this. Moving on. This is a bad idea. (laughs) I will say that. Uh, uh, Absolutely. Kroger has offered to buy Albertsons, removing another food chain as the food industry consolidates and would hurt competition. Remember, we talked about the huge profits the food industry is making right now because of the pandemic. Bernie Sanders is among those calling on the uh, Biden administration to block the proposed merger between the rival grocery giants. It's not over yet. I will call this a Friday flaming bag of crap because they announced it after the Friday morning news. Uh, Even though it didn't come from a politician. Yeah. Uh, The burn tweeted. At a time when food prices are soaring as a result of corporate greed, it would be an absolute disaster to allow Kroger, the second largest grocery store in America, to merge with Albertson, the fourth largest grocery store in America. And that the um, Biden administration must reject the deal. Under the terms of the merger, Kroger agreed to buy Albertson for a grand total of $24.6 billion dollars the price tag includes the purchase of Albertson stock at $34, uh, over $34 a share, amid the uh, assumption of approximately $4.7 billion of the company's debt. As part of the transaction, Albertsons will pay its shareholders a special cash dividend of up to $4 billion next month. Kroger argues, which means it'll just go to the, the, uh, the rich, right? Kroger argues that even uh, with combining the two grocery chains, they are still smaller than Walmart. To me, okay, this is me speaking. To me, that's not an argument for more consolidation. That's an argument for breaking up Walmart. They have 21% of the the market. The new conglomerate would uh, control nearly 16% of the uh, market compared to Walmart's 21% of the market. Together, Kroger and Albertsons, including their numerous subsidiaries employing more than 710,000 workers at roughly 5,000 stores across 48 states, plus Washington, D.C., and bring in $208 billion in annual revenue just behind Walmart's $218 billion. This would not add competition. It would remove competition because Kroger would remove stores that compete with itself. Not only would it remove competition, it would remove... Uh, It would fire employees, hundreds, possibly thousands, probably thousands, probably, uh, um, uh, how many do they have? Probably up to 100,000 employees might be fired because of this. Under the current administration, it may be difficult to get approval for such a change, a, a, a chain, especially with Kroger closing stores in food deserts and to attack closing stores to attack workers as they did in Long Beach, California. They closed two of them. The administration could use this to strong arm Kroger's. If Kroger's offers to open grocery stores in food deserts where they are needed, 
they could sway the administration because that's one of their pet peeves. If Kroger came along and said, hey, let's put a bunch of uh, stores in food deserts, we'll operate them at a loss, we don't care, then the administration might say it's okay to do it. Moving on to finally something that, you know, the, the candy with your uh, news report. And now, I see this as a, as a move to evolve. This is probably smart for them. Uh, they aren't boys anymore. They are around 30 years old. It's time and they can, can uh, evolve to become a different type of group. Who am I talking about, you say? BTS, of course. Not BTO, that's someone else from the 60s and 70s, or from the 70s, I think. After putting off for years with the blessing of South Korea, the seven-member K-pop boy band BTS has finally decided to start their mandatory military service. The band's record label confirmed today with Jin, the oldest member, aiming to start the process at the end of the month. Military service is... Compulsory, mandatory in uh, South Korea, where almost all able-bodied men are required to serve in the army for 18 months by the time they are 28 years old. South Korea's parliament passed a bill in 2020 allowing pop stars, namely those who excel in popular culture and art, to defer their service until the age of 30. It's time to pay the piper. Uh, with Jin turning 30 this year and the band's announcement of a break in June from uh, the group's musical activities to pursue, uh, pursue solo projects, members are now making plans to serve. Uh, BTS is expected to re- reconvene as a group around 2025, according to Bigit Move It Music, B-I-G-H-I, Big Hit Move It Music. I guess they have a lot of time to write music, but really they're just going to be moving on. I think to, and maybe they'll get together as you know, as a no longer a boy group, but just a regular group because they aren't boys. Come on. Okay, Elvis did it. Elvis joined the military, right? He did it, and he did pretty good afterwards. Uh, so anyway, as this siren continues to ruin my podcast. That's it. Thanks for listening. Monday, uh, uh, October 17th, 2022. Monday, October 17th, 2022. F- 51 minutes. Oh my God, I'm so sorry, man. I am so sorry. I, I told you. I warned you in advance. There was a lot of stuff to get to. I, Man, I gotta tell you, I really appreciate you so much. Uh, if you can, bring some someone with you uh, today or tomorrow. PVTV. Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. Uh, Those four words, I'll show up right at the top of the search. Tweet to me. Questions, insights, or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S. Maybe you want to send me a story. Whatever you want to do, just send it to me. Or say hi. And remember, always remember, government profit is measured by the betterment of the people. Don't you ever forget it. I'm Peter Lawrence, reporting from... Los Angeles.